things that they actually taught you what you were allowed and not allowed to wear when you were in the service, leading a sermon. I have changed that, but shoes I should wear. Okay. I have to catch my breath. <laughs> Do you have a bulletin? So, I have some great news today, after the service, after we're done preaching and everything, we still have more to do, and I encourage you all to stay if you can. Um, we have been able to have the opportunity to pie some more people today, which is great news. Miss Heidi and Miss, Miss Anne at the back, they agreed to get pied for a mere $1,500. And we made it, which is great. And boys and girls, we didn't stop there. Mr. Ivan, Mr. Jared, Mr. Jared, and Mr. Derek. Where is he? Oh, where is he? He's hiding. <laughs> right there. They agreed to get pied for 2000 And not only did we get 2000 but we actually got $2,081 for India. So for those of you who are visiting today, we are so glad to have you, but what we've been doing the past six weeks, as we've been practicing our, our music and the boys and girls, didn't they do a great job? It's hard work. You know, it's hard for some of these boys and girls to come up. You know, sometimes you can look intimidating as an audience. And, uh, you know, especially when you're scowling and you're not smiling. That's a hint for you today while I'm preaching, okay? So it's great that they actually were able to push through some of their fears of intimidation, and they did such a great job. Boys and girls, I'm so proud of you. You guys worked hard. I know you were so sick of those songs by today, but I'm just so glad that you worked so hard. And as we were doing that, we, I challenged the boys and girls, and through that you as a church, to raise originally $1,000 for India. And not only did we get 1000 but as I said, we got more than that. So we're actually able to send two people. And Mr. Pierce is actually here. We're, we're giving the money to Empower Ministry, and he's going to come up. He's, a, he's actually here today, which is great, because he's not always with us. And he is going to tell us what this money is going for. So go ahead. Thank you. Well, it's, it's great, and I thank you so much for two things. One is the fact that you've raised $2,000 for support of church pastors in India. But the second thing is thank you so much for throwing a pie at my son-in-law. I really appreciate it. That is my Christmas present from you, and I appreciate that so much. Um, in Luke chapter 19, it says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that was the purpose of what Christmas is basically all about. Jesus came for that purpose. When you became a Christian, when you were born again, and you accepted Jesus into your life, you basically signed up to follow in the same footprints as Jesus and to seek and to save the lost. And that's what a Christian is, a Christ one, a Christ follower. And what you have done with this $2,000 is that you've enabled two pastors to go out there in India and to start churches to go out and take care of whole congregations. Now, $50 of that every month goes for a family, probably a family of four or five, mom and dad and a couple or three kids, to have food, 
So $50 goes for food, and $50 goes for a roof over their head. And that $100 per month will enable them to start a church. Now, how big of a church? Some churches are 40, 50, up to 100 people will come to know Jesus for every church that they start. And it usually takes about a year to get about 100 people in the church. That's what Empower does. We come down through your help, give them the opportunity of preaching the gospel. So, kids, moms and dads, what you have done, you have started two churches of probably from 50 to 100 people in India by what you've done. And therefore, it would be almost the same pastor as this church right here being planted in India in two locations. And therefore, we want to thank you very, very much. Now, to plant a church is one thing, but to realize that those people that are in that church has come out of absolute darkness, have come to know Jesus, and they will be celebrating Christmas probably for the very, very first time, understanding what it's all about. And you will meet them in heaven, and they'll probably come up to you and say, you were at Bradford Community Church. Thank you, because I have eternal life because of what you've done by giving that pastor the opportunity to preach the gospel. So on behalf of them, thank you very, very much. Ron, if you could just, just for a sec, it, it, is, it is great for us to support them uh, financially, but we need, to, we need to bow in a word of prayer because we absolutely believe that what, what God is doing through these church planters, and, and Ron, I, I, I'm not sure if this is correct, but don't most church planters come from those churches that have been planted? Let me, yes, I will explain that. Thank you. Uh, he's my straight man. Um, yes, absolutely. What happens is, is that out of those churches that you have started will pop up people who will be called, pastors who will be called to go out and start other churches. Actually, when we start one church in India, within three years, four other churches will be started out of that one church. So that means that the multiplication factor is there. I forgot to say this, but uh, I just got an email, I think it was a week and a half, two weeks ago, and it was from our friend A.B. Vargas in India. They did a church like what you have started over there, two churches, and they started one in a village. They had 102 families in the middle of absolutely nowhere. No schools, no roads, no nothing in the jungles of the deepest part of India. And they went in there and they started churches with 102 families. They now have 342 people that have accepted Christ out of 102 families within a period of a year and a half. That's not bad. So we just want to we just want to pray over Empower Ministries. We want to pray over these two pastors that you know that we are enabling to go and, and plant churches. And listen, you, you see where their money is going to. It's not to it's not to do ministry resources. It's not to build buildings. It's to, it's for food and shelter. It's for food and shelter. These people are willing. They just need a little bit of extra help to get things started. And so we want to pray for those pastors. Would you just bow in a word of prayer with me, Father? We just thank you, Lord God, that we have the opportunity to give. That we have the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing in India, God. We just thank you that we are able to become a part of two families two church planners who are going to plant churches, who are going to see people's lives saved, Lord God. And so we pray protection over them. God, we pray your provision over them. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit, God, would anoint them, Lord God, to, 
to reach people, Lord God, to reach uh, those people in, in India, Lord God. And so I just pray that you would, they would be blessed, Lord God, that they, wherever they would go, that they would find success for the kingdom of God and that you would bless them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it so much. So this is one of the unique opportunities that I get to, to, to do and, and just it is awesome to be with you. But one of, the, one of the greatest joys of my life is that I get to minister alongside of my wife and that we do this together and that she is such a blessing. And on top of that, she's a better preacher than me. So would you welcome Pastor Becky to come and share the word? I'm just going to, it's all about um, getting organized. So for those of you who are visiting again, I apologize, but this is a special service today. Our children are with us. There is a nursery. If your children are younger and they're having trouble making it through the service, there is somebody down there that you can uh, ask them to watch your little ones for you. Um, But we're going to get started today. And again, we're doing things a little differently, so you have to expect the unexpected. And uh, one of the things that is unexpected is today, as some of the boys and girls may know, sometimes when I preach when they're up here, is I have a special word. And so the special word today is going to be light, which makes sense. And so hopefully, so what happens? When you hear the word light, you stand up. And the first person who I see stand up, I will pass out a candy. And you can't fight with me. I'm the one in charge. And I like it that way. So... I'm the one who decides, you know, and if you, the only, the only requirement is, um, boys and girls, is that you can't open your candy unless you're sitting with your parents or the person who brought you and they said you could open it, and then you have to give them the garbage, like you have to put it in your mother's purse, which we all hate, by the way, but you have to put it in their purse because I don't want to have to go around after the service and clean up your, per- your garbage. Also, boys and girls, <clears throat> no, you can't walk around. Also, boys and girls, there's these strings here for your glow sticks after the service. You're welcome to come and grab a set for your glow sticks. They're supposed to be uh, necklaces. So it's really important to you that maybe we could put our glow sticks down so they don't distract us, especially me. And uh, we'll get started. So Christmas is is here. Christmas is coming. And uh, what are some of the best things you guys like about Christmas? This is your chance. You can talk. The one time. Sit down. What's something you like about Christmas? No, I didn't say that. Pierce! Building a snowman, and you get to do that this year, don't you? Hopefully. Hopefully. I hope the snow stays and comes back. You like the gifts, Heather? What else do you like about Christmas? Your mom's birthday? That's a good thing about Christmas. What do you like? (laughs) He likes the presence in Jesus, yes, that he was born. He was paid to say that, to make me look good. (laughs) The food, of course. Which bitch wouldn't like the food? (laughs) What else? Are you trying to tell me something, Zeta? What do you like about Christmas? That presents. Who doesn't like the presents? That's right. You don't like them? Good. I'll take them back. I love the lights. 
<laughs> All right, it was a tie. I will give it to you. And Josh, watch out. I am going to be throwing them because I'm just too tired from all that dancing to be walking around. I'll come a little closer. So I like those beautiful things, white and multicolored globes of beauty that just make the black night so beautiful. I love sitting in the room with the tree all lit up with lights. <clears throat> okay, Carter. You find your dad. Boston, help me. Take him down. Okay? You got to take him. Take him to the nursery. This is the worst part, I want you to know. You can have that one and take Riker. Go. I like sitting in a room with the trees all filled up with those beautiful things <clears throat> that they just glow so majestically. Now, in my house, the job of putting those things on the tree are is Pastor Shane's job. He's supposed to string the bulbs of beauty around the tree while the kids and I do the decorating. However, this year, Pastor Shane didn't want to do that. He didn't feel like that. He didn't feel like putting the looses, did I say it right? The looses up on the tree. I see, you could do it, Aaron. You know what I'm talking about. That's right. Looses. I did that for you guys. So he didn't feel like putting those on the tree. And so instead he went out and bought a tree that had those lights on them. Yeah. I don't think it's quite the same, personally. But, you know, I guess beggars can be choosers. These looses, they make everything bright. Did you already get one? Then no. Sit down. They make these, this, this is your job. Nope. They make everything brighter. And you are able to see better when you turn the lights on. We are told that we are to shine our L-I-G-H-T. What does that spell? Yeah, good. You said it. I didn't. So they are told that they spell they, that they are to for that, and we are to shine. We are to shine our light to others so that Jesus can see them. See them, Micah. I'm not going to throw it, but you can come and get it. Everyone else, sit down. I want you to know I'm going to actually ask you what I'm talking about too. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm talking about L-I-G-H-T." You actually have to know what I'm t talking about. Okay, boys and girls. So you guys have to listen to what I'm saying, too. So Micah was a prophet to the nation of Israel and Judah around 750 to 686 B.C. King Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were the kings of Judah. Micah's time overlapped with the prophets of Isaiah and the prophets of Hosea. It is believed that Isaiah was actually part of the nobility. He had more money, and Micah was probably poor as a prophet. He was most likely influenced and could have even been a disciple of Isaiah. Both books of Isaiah and Micah, Micah use very eloquent figures of speech and vigorous language. And I'm sure they used candles, not lights, while they were making those. Boy at the back. During Micah's prophetic ministry, the country of Israel was divided in two. So the northern kingdom, which was called Israel, 
And then there was the southern kingdom, which was just one tribe, and it was Judah. Micah's message was directed to Samaria, the capital of Israel, and Jerusalem, the capital of Judah. It was the time when wealth had increased and that the nation was actually quite wealthy. Most people were wealthy. And with this wealth increase, there was actually a larger divide between the poor and the rich. The nation was lulled to a state of apathy and a general uncaring for one's fellow man. And so the rich did not, all that to say basically, the rich did not take care of the poor. In fact, they mistreated them. The nation was not worshiping the true God and had turned to idols. It worshiped, its worship was merely a tradition Due to the lack of compassion for the oppressed and the heartless hypocritical worship, Micah prophesies the destruction of both Samaria and Jerusalem. Micah is asking the people what the Lord requires of them. It's in a rhetorical uh, question format, which is something I'm trying to teach my children what that means. So like when someone is preaching and they ask a question, most of the time they don't want you to respond. That's something that my kids have trouble with. They think they need to give an answer. And what a, record, a rhetorical question means, he was asking this question but didn't really expect the nations to actually respond because he was going to respond for them. And he asked if ber- what the Lord required of them in order to bring um, mercy to them. He asked, does the Lord require us to, bur- to bring burnt offerings? Would that please God? Micah wasn't even talking about one offering. In fact, he said thousands of offerings. He also suggested 10,000 rivers of oil. He asked if giving even the giving of one's firstborn was going to bring forgiveness. And of course, the answer was no. Time and time again, we read in the Bible, throughout the Bible, that God is not really interested in our outward expression of people. Rather, he is interested in the purity of our heart. Hebrews 10.4 says, Because it is impossible for for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Micah reminded the people again and again that God is not concerned about our, their outward things. Rather, he reminded them what was important. So we're going to read Micah 6, 6 to 8. And I might need the lights turned up, please, so I can actually see it. I actually saw Mr. Bill, but I will give it to Darren as well because it's hard to, this is definitely a disadvantage on this side. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan agrees with me. He's in a disadvantage. Micah 6, 6 to 8. What shall I come before the Lord and with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousand rivers of oil? And if you want to know what that's talking about, you should read um, in the Old Testament about how they were to come before the Lord with burnt offerings, and that's what they're talking about here, to get forgiveness. Because in the Old Testament, that's how they got forgiven, was by killing animals. Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man and woman, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are with us today. I thank you that we can have lots of fun. But Lord, I thank you that we can learn about you. I thank you that we can, we can come to you and that, Lord, you want to change us. You want to make us more like you. And so, God, I pray that even though we're going to have lots of fun today, that we will learn something too and that it will change us so that we can change eternity for someone else. In the name of Jesus, 
Amen. So over the past six weeks, I've encouraged you as a family to do something that will share the light of Jesus with those around us. <laughs> and um, I've got it on a video that we're going to show right now. So if we could get that video up, that'd be great. sick so nothing better than soup to help clear any fever or sickness. See you guys later. We're packing a shoebox for people for, that don't have moms or dads. drops of rain can be enough to cause a tidal wave. A flood of your love that no one can contain. Cause there's an empty
I just want to thank um, everyone who, who emailed me video and photos for that, and also for Mr. Rolls. He put it together for us, so he's like going to, yeah, if you ever need a video done, he's the guy to go to. So I really appreciate it. Um, so how do we make a difference in a world that seems so bent on living for itself and not living for others? Did those few things that you saw on the video really make a difference? Did it really bring or shine the light of Jesus to those around? You already got one, Jordan, but you did win. And, and so did it really do what was important, which was to show others Jesus? How do we share this loose, 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 right? Loose. I'm going to say it. I'm going to get it right. How do we share this light of Jesus effectively? In the back. I see you waving. Come on up, Juliana. You have to come up, though, because if I hit somebody, I could get in serious trouble. And, and so Micah gives three things on the floor. Oh, you can get them from here. That's fine. Micah gives us three things or guidelines that we need to do or that we should do in order to share the lumière of Jesus with those around us. Nobody knows French here, so that's the way to do. The first thing we need to do is we need to act justly. We need to be just. We are to do justice. Now, the definition of justice is just behavior or treatment of others. It implies a concern for justice, for peace, and a genuine respect for someone else. We're to be honest. We're to be fair. We're to be righteous. The portion of scripture that I read in Micah is very similar to Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13 that says, Now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience with him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to absorb the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you for your own good. The people of Israel and the people of Judah, they were supposed to take care of the poor. God had set up a system whereby the poor were, going to, were supposed to be looked after. Widows were supposed to be taken care of by one's family. They were supposed to be allowed to glean from the farmer's fields, just like after the harvest, just like we see in the book of Ruth. Debts were supposed to be forgiven after so many years. They were supposed to think of their neighbor and to do good. They were supposed to think of others first and put their own agendas or their own needs after they were supposed to show justice. They were supposed to live in peace and in respect for one another. And they didn't. And that is why the destruction of those cities were foretold. And we too are supposed to think of others first. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 39 says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost best commandment. But the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We have been called to see the family that is struggling, and we have been called to offer help. It is what we're supposed to do. We have been called to make soup for a neighbor who's ill, and we are supposed to take it to them and say, hey, I'm praying for you. It's what we're supposed to do. We've been called to help the single parent and say, how can I help you? We're supposed to look for the elderly and the sick and ask them, how can I help you? We are supposed to do good. We are to think of our fellow people, and we are supposed to treat them the way we would want to be treated. We are to help those in need who are, and support them who are hurting. We are supposed to act justly. We're supposed to. 
When we think about other people before ourselves, we're promoting Jesus. We're shining the light of those around. I love you, son, but you can't win all the time. Have you got one yet? Okay, come on up. Isn't that nice? He's thinking of others. He's acting justly. He's acting justly. He wants to win so that he can think of those around him. That's good. He's listening. That's good. We are supposed to treat those who are hurting, and we are supposed to act justly. When we think about other people before ourselves, we're promoting Jesus because we are putting our needs behind others. We are acting a little less selfish we live for someone other than ourselves, then this is how we are to show the love of Jesus. This is how we are supposed to change the world around us. You know, you can look up amazing things on Google. And I've said before I'm not the best at Googling, but I did look up how to change your world on Google. And it actually took me to this website that you can watch this long video about how to change the world. And not only will you get to change the world, but you will also get to make money while you're doing it. And I thought that was amazing, like you could do both, right? But that is not justice, guys. That is not the way to show the love of Jesus. It's not about what we get out of it. It's not about the PR that we get. Rather, it is about showing other people how to live. It is about showing Jesus Showing the light of Jesus. Shiloh, I saw that hand. I feel like Billy Graham. I see that hand. It is showing the light of Jesus. I said it again. I didn't even mean to. I give it to Ben. It is showing the L-I-G-H-T of Jesus by loving justice, living justly. And it is the first way we can get our eyes off of us, we can get the world's eyes off of themselves and put it on the one that matters, on Jesus Christ. Secondly, we need to, so first we need to live justly. Secondly, we need to love kindness or love mercy. Showing mercy is showing compassion for someone we really, when really you have the power to make their life really bad. I think this second part is really what divides the light from the darkness. Oh, you stood up, but you weren't too sure. Piper, did you get one yet? Okay, come on down. It is showing it's going to divide us. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's where we decide to go the extra mile and to love or to, and to extend mercy to those around us, or we're just going to go just so far and that'll be it. The scripture says in Matthew 5:47, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Even the pagans do that. It's saying that, you know, if we're just going to be nice to people that like us and who are nice to us, it really doesn't do much. But showing mercy goes that step further and is actually showing love and mercy to those people who don't deserve it. It's showing kindness and mercy. It's the second step, and it requires some extra grace. It is what takes it the step further. It's more than justice. It's more than helping those around us. It's showing compassion and charity to those people who don't love us back. It's giving even when we get nothing in return. It's giving even when it does nothing for us. It's giving even when it might be refused. 
It's being nice to that neighbor, even if they're not nice to you back. It's being nice to that boy or girl at school who's picking on you, and you're showing the love of Jesus by being kind to them, even when they're not being kind to you. It is giving that extra money or that extra gift, even if it means you're not going to get as much for Christmas this year. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. It is about expressing your love to those around us. We need to stop demanding our rights. We need to start giving of ourselves. And it's, it's got to go farther than what's fair because it's not that kind of compassion that God's talking about here. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's showing love even when it isn't easy to show, even when it shouldn't be given. It's showing the kind of love that Christ shows us, that Christ showed us, even when we didn't deserve it. And that's the kind of love, that's the kind of mercy that as believers we have been called to do. And that's the kind of love and that's the kind of mercy that's going to draw the line in the sand and say, we're different than those other people who are just kind because they're nice people. Because showing the love of Jesus is not just being a nice person. It is showing love and kindness when it shouldn't be given. Luke 6, 36 says, you must be compassionate just as the Father is compassionate. Showing mercy is giving. It's sharing the light when no one is looking. <clears throat> the guy at the back. When you have every right to, to not show compassion and yet you do. He can come up. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That is what's going to make the eternal difference. You're new today. Welcome. You should get two because you're a visitor. I've never seen you before. What's your name? Matthew? Welcome. You come to our church, you get candy. <laughs> you should come all the time. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, you're doing so amazing. I think you should all just stand up, boys and girls, just the boys and girls, because I hope the adults can handle this. And you should do like a stretch in the sky and down to your toes and up to the sky again. You can tell I'm not doing this. I'm tired enough. But now you can sit down. Okay, we're almost through. So who can tell me the first thing we're supposed to do? Do I have to start again? I can preach it again, no problem. Okay, start again. Uh, what's the first thing? We are to act, act justly. We are to show mercy or kindness. We are to act. You guys, you know, I like to yell. That's why I'm actually not sounding as good as I do, because we had so much hockey and I was yelling when I shouldn't, although I did show restraint or I wouldn't be talking at all. So let's hear it. We are to act. No, we are to act. My kids know. We are to act, and we are to love. <laughs> we are to love mercy. We are to act justly. We are to love mercy. We are to act, and we are to love mercy. And thirdly, we are to walk humbly. Can you say it? Thank you. We are to walk humbly.
We need to be sure that we're not being proud when we're helping those around us. We need to walk humbly with God, not in fear or crouching that, oh my goodness, what's God going to do to me? But we need to realize that he is watching us. We need to realize that by God's grace, we could be the ones who need that help. We need to realize that if it wasn't for someone else speaking to us about who Jesus is, then we too would be living in darkness without the light. Ladies at the back, you're so determined. <clears throat> there you go. See, I'm not very good at aim. We need to walk humbly with God. We need to be humble and take the example that Christ gave us as a point of reference. Jesus humbled himself when he came to earth as a baby. And Philippians 2, 5 to 8 says, Think of yourselves the ways Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but did not think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. This is by the, in the message, by the way. I just love how it says it. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, becoming a human. Having become human, he stayed human. He was an incredible, it was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death, the crucifixion. If we are truly going to make a difference in the world around us, we need to walk humbly. We need to be like Christ who gave up everything so that he could come to earth and save us to be like the created. We need to live a selfless, obedient life when even when it hurts. And sometimes, guys, it hurts to live this way. Sometimes it's not fair to live this way. And yet that is what we have been called to do, to live a life of humility, of kindness, of mercy, and of justice. We need to live a selfless, obedient life, even when it hurts. When we, we need to realize that there will be times when people take advantage of us, and that's okay. There's going to be times when we're made fun of or mistreated, and that's okay. We may even be shunned, and that's okay. Because we have a message to share, and it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Our message is about him. It's not about how we look. It's not about what we get out of it. It's not even about the pats on the back that we get. No, it's telling and showing someone who is in the darkness the truth about the light. And that is why we're here. Who doesn't get one? Who hasn't had one? Zeta and the little girl in the back. Come on up. So that's what we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do? We are to act justly. Come on, honey bunny. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and Matthew's coming back for more. It's for his sister, though. We are to act justly. We are to love. I love my son. He's listening. Now, how about everyone else? We are to act. We are to love. And we are to walk humbly. You didn't know that one. We are to walk humbly. If we're really going to show the loose of Jesus, the loose of Jesus, we are to act. We need to act justly. We need to love mercy. We need to walk humbly with our God. 
It is a three-prong approach. We need to treat people fairly. We need to show the love that loves more than when the, whatever anybody deserves. We need to be humble. We need to point people to Jesus. It's not an organization. They're great. It's not a church. It's great. But it's Jesus who's going to be the one who changes lives. It is Jesus who will be the one who's the Savior of the world. We're going to pray. And boys and girls, if you didn't get to stand up, you're welcome to ask me after the service. But only if you can say the three things. What is it? Act, act justly. Love mercy and walk humbly with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are here with us today. I thank you that you have set us apart, that you have shown us the light, and we have gotten out of the darkness, and you have rescued us. And God, I pray that you would help us to realize how amazing that is. And even those of us who have been in the light for a long time, sometimes, Lord God, we forget what it's like to be in the darkness. So God, I pray that you would help us, you would remind us today that we would actually make a concerted effort, Lord God, to show others you. That we would put our own needs, our own desires, our own rights behind, and we would put you first. And that, Lord God, we would show who you are to those who need to hear. God, I pray that you would even now show us a person that we can share the love of Jesus with this week. That, Lord God, we could, we could show kindness to. That we could show mercy and justice to. God, that we would walk humbly, not proudly. But, God, that we would, we would walk in light of who you are, realizing that all we have is because of you. So, God, I thank you that we can come here, Lord, and we can worship you, and we can have fun. But, God, I pray that as we leave today, that we will just do more than just have fun. That, God, we would get to work. That we would show the light. Lord God, it is so amazing and wonderful that we can share the light to India. And that is so exciting. And I'm grateful for it. But, God, we have been called to this place, to Bradford, to Barrie, to Innisfil, to Alliston, to Newmarket. This is where we need to personally share the light and so, God, I pray that you would help us to do that today, that you would help us to do that this week, that, Lord God, whatever it is, the little things that we do, God, that we would do it so that you could be glorified. We thank you, God. We thank you. We just ask that you would be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I said light a lot. You all should be standing up for that. Now, <clears throat> One thing about our church that you have to realize, we do do things a little weird. <laughs> and this is a request from Pastor Corey. He feels as though we should sing this song again. So this is a great opportunity. He doesn't get to always do what he wants, I want you to know. I don't let him do that all the time. I can say no, but I didn't today. This is a good representation or a good um, take-home thing to remember that you need to shine your light this week. And so you're going to get your lights, your glow sticks. All the boys and girls can come back up here and do...
you set it up? And parents, I expect you to show the actions. I can do it. You can too.